to the Total Car Score podcast, bringing you the world of cars from inside the car. And now your hosts, Carl Brower, Lauren Fix, and Javier Mota. So here we are for the last show of 2021, and I guess we can call it, here we go again. <laughs> it seems like it was the same show last year. So we have a great group of our friends and colleagues in order of appearance, Mike Harley, who was on time. <laughs> How are you, Mike? Thanks, guys. I'm doing really, really well. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you. Lauren? I am here. I am in Florida. I have escaped occupied New York. <laughs> <laughs> Anton Wallman, where are you, Anton? You, you've been around along this year, so let us know where you are. Yes, I've been traveling a lot in 2021, despite everything else that's going around in the world, but... Uh, Tonight, I'm in Stockholm, Sweden, and it's 3 a.m., uh, 3 o'clock in the morning here now. I wish I was there. Kyle Brower? That's me. I'm out here in uh, rainy Southern California. I can't say sunny Southern California today, but I'm here. Well, you need the rain, so don't complain. <laughs> and Paul Bryan, I guess in Chicago, right? I am. I'm uh, here. I'll, I'll try to use my big boy voice. I, I'm uh, here enjoying the very first snowfall of the year. Nice. Wow. I don't think that you need the snow that much in Chicago, but like enjoy it, uh, whatever. So we could have just played the episode from last year because more or less we're in the same situation. COVID is going crazy everywhere. We're not in lockdown, but close to that. So we're going to try to recap what happened in 2021 and what we're expecting for 22. So let's go, Mike. Best and worst of 2021 and what are you expecting for next year? Uh, the best of 2021 was, um, let's see, I would go with the fact that uh, you finally saw some horsepower coming back. I like the fact a lot of uh, automakers are jumping on the fact that horsepower still reigns, but at the same time you have electrification. So Everyone was worried that the performance cars would disappear, but we have more and more automakers dropping um, performance cars into their showrooms. As far as the worst of 2021, it would happen probably the fact that we had a combination of chip shortage and inventory shortage uh, that has significantly raised prices for the average consumer. So the consumers are losing out. The dealers are making record profits. The manufacturers are doing very, very well. Uh, but the consumers are losing out. We're losing auto shows We're to COVID. But um, worst of this year is probably the fact that consumers uh, are really taking a beating. Let's add another question to the recap of the year. Uh, best car of 2021 and, and most disappointing car that we saw this year. Oh, tell you what. Uh, best car of 2021. Oh, come back to me. Let me think about that one. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I drove a lot, of, really good, I drove a lot of good cars. You know what? I'm going to take uh, Michael like 20 minutes to think. So No, no, no. I'm going to come back with the uh, the best car I drove. I mean, you're like in 12 months. Each of us have driven hundreds of cars. I'm going to probably go with the Porsche 911 GT3. That's probably my favorite Ooh. car of this year. Really Say good car. One, or you want to wait? I, I mean, I've got a car that I was kind of disappointed in. Uh, the Mercedes-Benz EQS. Uh, oh, wow. An all-electric car. I just didn't like the, the human interface. Uh, I think it's very sophisticated, very advanced, very innovative. But uh, I didn't like how the uh, the driver felt like he was a second-rate citizen. It's more about yeah, I'm going to tell my story about that car. car later. Yeah, so. Lauren, so best, worst of 2021, and what are you expecting for next year? 
Okay, well, for 2021, the worst was the gas prices have been out of control. Um, the prices of used and new cars at a record high due to inflation were about 31.1%. I think it's the average used car uh, price increase and about 12% increase for new cars, which I find to be absurd. And dealers are rude. As Mike Harley and I discussed offline, we were both looking at vehicles. I ended up buying a used vehicle this year. I don't know what Mike's going to do. You'll have to wait and ask him. But um, overall, it's disappointing. And I think that COVID has made people horrid drivers. I've been driving from New York to Florida continuously throughout the year, as well as on drive events with all of you gentlemen, and had a great time seeing you all. And I will tell you, drivers have lost their minds. Uh, as far as the best part, I'm getting a lot of cars delivered. I get to talk to you guys like once a week. We've got a wonderful group going, and it makes my day when I hear from you. Um, as far as the worst car, wow, that's a tough one. I would say a vehicle from the World Car Jury, which Mike Harley, Javier, and I are members of, and that would be the Volkswagen Tegan. <laughs> it, oh. was, it was unbelievable. It's not a U.S. car. It is a right-hand drive, left-hand shift manual from India, and it barely had a cylinder of engine. It was unbelievable how underpowered that was. And if I had to be forced to drive that, I would maybe get a bicycle. That's that that. Okay, I, when I drove that car, when I hit eighty kilometers, which is fifty miles an hour, I got a message on the dashboard saying, "You exceeded the top speed for this car. Slow down." <laughs> <laughs> Again, my point exactly. Uh, the best yeah. car of the year. Wow, I have not driven the GT3, although I have a earlier GT3 RS. That's a tough call. Wow. Um, I've driven so many fabulous cars and I did have a great time with the Bronco and a bunch of us, including a friend of ours, Al Vasquez, got a chance to do a group drive. We posted that on the Car Coach Reports channel. There's some great cars. The GV70 was a wonderful car. I just returned the Golf R just a couple days ago and I had a good time with this. There's a lot of great product. Uh, tough call. Geez, you know, I keep going back to my Ford products. There's nothing like a GT500. But, oh, the new Corvette. The new Corvette was pretty impressive. The Z06, I have to say, that was a pretty impressive piece. Yeah, and for uh, 2022, been... uh, predictions, yeah. I think that people are going to wake up and realize that electric cars are not the answer because the price of electricity is going through the roof everywhere across the country. The cost to insure them is twice as expensive. And I think there's a wake-up call that people aren't going to have them forced on their throats. If you want to buy one, awesome. You should buy one. But for the rest of it, I think it's ridiculous to force people into something that makes no sense and costs us too much money. Let's go to Anton, who is in a different time zone. It's about 3.30 in the morning for him. So, Anton, we're going to keep you up that much longer. But your opinions are always so interesting. So give us your recap for, for the year. Yeah, uh, uh, basically the... Um... Uh, main recap is that what I said a year ago is pre pretty much what happened with respect to prices. Prices in the industry went up, and there are two factors involved here. There's supply and there's demand. So on the um, demand side, there is a lot of money from the government being slushed around. 
Federal Reserve keeps buying bonds from private industry, which has driven up asset prices, be it the stock market, the bond market, the housing markets. Everybody feels the so-called wealth effect. In other words, the houses are all worth a lot more. Uh, your stock portfolios and bond portfolios are worth a lot more. So people, meaning the consumers, are motivated to go out and buy a new product, believe it or not, despite the fact that less overall is actually going on in society. I mean, fewer restaurants are open, fewer things are being produced. So that gets us to the uh, supply, and that is that fewer cars are being uh, um, produced over the last year or two than in the past. And there are multiple reasons for that. We have the familiar uh, chip shortage that emerged out of nowhere at the beginning of this year. And uh, the other reason are the various work stoppages as resulting from the fact that people are calling in sick to a far higher degree than in the past. And uh, the automakers, as we also look into 2022 here, they're grappling with the fact that they, while they were able to raise prices a little bit, a tiny, tiny bit in 2021, they're going to have to raise them a lot more because they were hoping that these things would be temporary and go away. Uh, uh, transitory, as the Federal Reserve would put it. And I don't think it's going to be. So whereas the dealer discounts went away right away, because that is the part of the pricing equation that adjusts most quickly. Uh, the um, the actual manufacturer MSRPs have not yet moved as much as they will in 2022 and beyond. Uh, when it comes to actual product, I have to agree with the, some of uh, the rest of you in that, first of all, on the uh, upside, I would say the compact pickup truck, Ford Maverick, and the new product from Hyundai, the uh, uh, Santa Cruz, I think were the best because they really add something new to the market that is value-oriented and really is a terrific product on top of everything else. And on the downside, uh, the Mercedes EQS, because why reinvent the human interface? I, I personally do not like touchscreens all that much, and I like Google good old-fashioned knobs and buttons, and uh, the Mercedes has none of it. So uh, I think those are the major pluses and minuses as we exit 2021. Carl, you are in Southern California, and, and you have probably the most opportunities to drive great cars this year because, because of the pandemic. A lot of trips were canceled and all that. So give us your recap. Yeah, I think, uh, well, the worst of the year in terms of overall, um, I would agree that uh, the price of vehicles becoming such a challenge for the average consumer, new and used. Um, I mean, there's upsides. If you've got a car coming off lease, you should buy it because if it was leased three years ago, the residual value that was written in three years ago is much lower than what its uh, value is today. So buy it and either just keep it as a really cheaply acquired vehicle or buy it and flip it, sell it for much more than you would have bought it for out of the uh, uh, from the buyout price on your lease from three years ago. Uh, but that's not most, most people are not in a position to be flipping cars and making money They're, They need a car. And if they need a new car right now, it's not a good, good sign uh, for them. So I think that's really uh, unfortunate. Um, I think the best of the year is, well, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's cool that we're getting such a wide variety of electric vehicles, but I think another problem is going to be how much people want to actually drive them. Um, I don't think people really want to drive uh, electric cars at the level that everyone's assuming they're going to. So it's cool to have so many new vehicles coming online. Um, I think we're going to run into a glut of electric vehicles in a not too distant future because so many are coming online, more than people want to buy at this point. Worst car of the year, I would probably say, certainly the one that I was most disappointed in would probably be the Volkswagen ID. Oh, really? I think, I think the user interface is a complete, utter train wreck. And uh, to me, that's... 
everything in a car today. If you're making a modern car, especially an electric car, which is immediately telling people that you're a high-tech advanced person, you cannot have a train wreck user interface. And um, it's, it's, it's not just the ID. I just had the Golf R and the GTI. I still have the GTI. And those aren't great either. They're not, they're not as bad as the uh, ID4, but that Volkswagen interface is not good. So, um, uh, I, and, and I think there's a learning curve, but that's a terrible excuse when people are like, well, you just got to deal with it for a long time. Well, I don't have to deal with Uconnect for a long time and I can get it figured out. You know, I don't have to deal with Command for a long time to get it figured out. So why do I have to deal with yours for a long time to get it figured out? Um, I think the best vehicle of the year, most interesting to me and impressive is the Ford Maverick, just from a value equation. Yeah, I think what, what I you pay... I think you get a lot of vehicle for the money with that vehicle. So I'm uh, I'm hugely impressed by what Ford was able to do there. And uh, we'll see how it does in truck of the year. But um, And also just a general comment too, another great thing of the year, trucks. There's a lot of cool trucks, whether it's the new Tundra, which is impressive, the Santa Fe, which is a really cool alternative to a traditional truck or the Maverick. No, Santa uh, Cruz, Santa Cruz. Yeah, Santa Cruz, I always do that. Everybody, Santa Cruz. Everybody messes that up. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. You think they it's would like, find a different like, name. Yeah, I know. It's like Volt and Bolt. You know, everyone gets it wrong because they're too similar. But uh, And then, of course, the Rivian, too. So this is the most interesting year for trucks that I've seen probably in the entire time I've been in the uh, automotive industry. Not not necessarily saying they're all the be best trucks ever, but the most dynamic and interesting and widest spectrum of cool trucks you can buy. Yeah, so what do you think about the GMC Homer EV, which is uh, also a crazy truck that um, nobody really needs, but apparently everybody's buying because it got uh, sold out in minutes. Yeah, another fabulous uh, example of how the truck world is becoming far more interesting and intriguing. Um, and it's cool, you know, the Rivians are cool and the Hummer's cool, and, you know, theoretically a Cybertruck someday will be cool, but they're also really expensive. These are all really pricey vehicles. That's why the Maverick is so neat to me, is that, uh, you know, even even not including destination charge, which you have to include, but the fact that there's any way you can say that there's a vehicle with an open bed that starts at 19995 in late 2021 is amazing, given what's gone on with the rest of the car pricing and truck pricing in today's world. Hey, Javier, I want to jump in along the same note what Carl's saying is you have to keep in mind, you know, all these vehicles we've been talking about, you know, are $75,000 to $150,000 vehicles, and they're all driven by hype and early adapters. And, uh, you know, I think, like Carl says, there's going to be a whole flood of electric vehicles in the market that in, you know, eight to 10 months from now, the automakers are going to be trying to figure out how to sell. Yep. Uh, because you have all the people who are super affluent, who grab all the stuff, they want to be first on the block, first in town to have them. And then, you know, by the time it gets down to the upper middle class, the middle class, your average consumer, they can't afford these cars. They're super expensive. So... And not only yeah. that, they're not making money of them, even though the little amount of uh, units they're selling, they're not making any money on that. That is correct. A no car manufacturer is making any money at all at this time. Yeah, they're not paying their bills with these electric cars. There's no, there's no oh, bills being not. paid for the, with these. So as far as future predictions, I think, unfortunately, it's going to be a year from now, we're going to be saying we could rerun uh, this year's again. I think we're going to see a continued problem with pricing on vehicles because there's going to be a continued lack of vehicles. I think we're going to continue to see bad gas mileage or bas bad gas prices uh, that'll cause uh, people pain at the pump every time they fill up. So I don't, I don't see a lot of relief coming in 
for uh, a lot of the things we wish would change in the next uh, 12 months. I think we're going to be stuck with a lot of these for the rest of, uh, for most of 2022. Here's my story about the EQS. That car has 54 or 55 inches of screens all across the front console. So when I was driving it, and I think I mentioned in a previous episode, I tend to lean back a little bit. I put my hand on top of the steering wheel. And I started to see a message on the dashboard. Uh, Please adjust your seating position until you see six green dots on the dashboard. And I was saying, what's happening here? And I think it was Carl who was saying it, or Michael, I don't remember now. But yeah, that car interferes too much with you. It's too much technology. It's, it's, It's kind of cool, but at the same time, it's like way, way, way too much. I agree. Yeah. yeah, the driver is yeah. secondary, which which sucks. I mean, but maybe it's a premonition of what we're going to have with autonomous vehicles where the car is driving and you're just a passenger. And I I yeah. felt like a passenger in the UQS. Uh, the S-Class, I felt like I was driving it. So very different approaches. Yeah, and the SL, the SL was amazing too. Oh, Wonderful. yeah. SL AMG. Yeah. Yeah. They shouldn't have had those two cars driven back to back on that. Event. Anyway. So, so, so let's Mike, close the just, show with Paul, who, if I uh, remember correctly, you said the auto shows were coming back. So I think you were right. Well, it, it seems as if uh, we had a, a chance where they might have been able to come back. But uh, now we're seeing scaled back programs. Uh, there were a lot of car companies that were going to be doing things at CES uh, who have now bailed on that. Uh, Los Angeles is uh, sketchy at best. Chicago plans to have a show, but I don't know with the uh, with the additional restrictions that Mayor Lightfoot has put on, where you need to have vaccination passport and a mask to go into uh, any indoor entertainment area, and certainly, certainly McCormick places. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't know how many people are going to go ahead and uh, and do that. Uh, it's just had such a deleterious effect on everything. I mean, and we talk about it every Thursday when we get together. We're sick of it. We are. We are really sick of it. And and if I were an auto show producer, which I was for twenty years. Uh, it, it would be driving me absolutely bats. Uh, to get to uh, to the best and worst, I've been thinking about this. And, and uh, from from the best, I gotta say, I I keep thinking about Santa Cruz. That that was a high point for me. But the real high point for me was after a long, long exit. Ford brought back the Bronco, and they really did it right. Uh, they've got a winner on their hands there. Maverick, uh, as Carl mentioned, was good for bringing in a product at uh, $20,000. As a matter of fact, I may be the uh, first journalist in the world uh, that ever crashed in one. I grew, I really didn't crash. But but I I was passing a bus here in uh, Chicago and I got T-boned in one. So maybe I get the first one of the year. So uh, in any case- That's the best of the worst. Yeah, I know. Uh, but, but everything worked okay, so I, I have to give them high points on the safety. And my date uh, had another date with me the next night, so it couldn't have been that bad. 
you did a you did a, a test drive on the airbags. Yes, absolutely. And they were <laughs> they were fabulous. They were just fabulous. Excellent. <laughs> we're talking about the car though, Paul. <laughs> uh, oh, the, the car's airbags. Yeah, those were great too. Uh, so the uh, uh, the Bronco really did impress me, and and we've had a chance now to drive that on two of Ford's test track, their off rodeo facilities, one in Texas, and one about an hour outside of Las Vegas. And uh, I'm walking away real impressed. I'm thinking to myself, you know, I can I can pay this, or I can spend 30 G more and get a Land Rover. And uh, and exactly, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to go with the Bronco on that. From, from, the, from the worst standpoint, though, I don't know that I want to give it to any one car in particular, but I'm getting so weary. I mean, and it's just coming at you more and more and more with every year. All of the nanny crap that they put on cars. Uh, exactly what you experienced with the EQS is, is a no, good too much technology. Yeah. I mean, there's just way too much. You're, you're going to cross into a lane. Oh, well, that gives you a warning. It, it uh, <laughs> vibrates the steering wheel. It vibrates the seat. It beeps at you. It tells you you weren't a good math student in 10th grade. It, it, it does, <laughs> it does everything. And, and, the problem with that is not that the systems are there, but the problem is that people believe in them too much. And as this week, we've seen uh, car wreck after car wreck in, in YouTube after YouTube video and news report of people who feel because I have these systems, I am impervious to harm. <laughs> and, and, you're, and you yeah. wind up with a 30, 40 car smash up. So my worst of the year goes to the knuckleheads who who proliferate the nanny car crap and, uh, and, and those who believe in it and seed the most important part of any car, the wheel spacer between the steering wheel and the seat back. To technology. I'm going to keep mine uh, really short and simple. The best part of it is that we were part, I was part of this group with all of you guys. So thank you for all that. The worst is that we're not seeing each other enough because we cannot travel. And my prediction is that we will do another show like this with much better uh, opinions and uh, predictions for 2023. That's a good idea. Thank so. you to all. I'll drink to that. I'll drink to that as well. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thank you, guys. It's a great seeing you all individually on the road. I've seen you all, and it's it's been a great pleasure to get together. And every once in a blue moon, Carl and Javier and I are at the same place at the same time, and we always make sure to do a segment because it's important for us to get back together and get back to moving around. I'm getting sick of sitting Oh, I around. have another prediction. Uh, okay. Well, Michael Harley will be World Carl of the Year Award. And Nactoy juror too. And I predict that Carl. And we get Carl. And I predict Carl will be world car. Yep, that's my prediction. Yeah, (laughs) those are nice. I like those predictions. Those are both. Any last words, Anthony? Bye, guys. All right. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year to all. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening. For more, check us out online at totalcarscore.com. 